as American as apple pie or baseball. It was all the rage when it was invented. But then, it basically vanished into obscurity. Now it's back and better than ever. You can make out, make up, or just make a night of it. Grab your car keys and some popcorn, because we're heading to the drive-in movie on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, hello, amigos, and welcome to FYI, your weekly podcast where you learn so much more than just English. And every week, we delve into a different topic. And this week, we're going to delve into something that is, well, for me, part of my childhood. In fact, I couldn't imagine my youth or my childhood without it. Two great words over there. Youth, juventud and childhood niñez in Spanish. I couldn't imagine my childhood or my youth, however you want to put it, without this. And I'm talking about the drive-in movie. They're starting to get popular again. In fact, in Spain, I think you call it autocine. Well, let's take a look at the intro because I always sprinkle the intro with lots of good vocabulary. Speaking of sprinkle, right? To put little bits of dust on top of it. To sprinkle, I think in Spanish you say rociar o espolvorear. That's a difficult word to say, isn't it? Well, in English, it's sprinkle. So I've sprinkled the intro with tons of great vocabulary. Let's take a look at it. As American as apple pie. Now, this is a very common idiom in the United States because, I don't know, for some reason, we associate apple pie with the United States. So for us, when something is very American, we say it's as American as apple pie. Another one, too, that we've claimed is baseball. So these are two different ways to say something is really American. It's as American as apple pie or American as baseball. And then I said it was all the rage. Now, the word rage is rabia, when someone is angry, when someone is mad, they are full of rage, like the group Rage Against the Machine. If you notice, the singer is always angry. Rah! It's a good way to remember it. But in this case, if something is all the rage, it's popular. It's what people are talking about. So it was all the rage, la moda, I think you say in Spanish, when it was invented. But then it basically vanished. To vanish is to disappear. A lot of you guys know it. There's a cleaning product called Vanish, and it makes stains, manchas, vanish. So it vanished into obscurity. Now I have to say I love this word, obscurity. If something is obscure, it vanishes into obscurity. So let's look at these words. Obscure in Spanish is extraño, oscuro, desconocido. And obscurity is oscuridad. In fact, if you look at those words, it kind of makes sense. Obscurity, oscuridad, enigma, Tiniebla, that's a word I love too in Spanish, tiniebla. Yeah, they were popular, they were all the rage, then they vanished into obscurity. But now, they're back, han vuelto, and they're better than ever, mejor que nunca. 
And this is true, as I said, you're starting to see uh, a rise in popularity of drive-in movies, autocines, even here in Spain where I live. You know, when you think of it as something very American, well, they're starting to pop up all over the Iberian Peninsula. La Península Ibérica, we say the Iberian Peninsula. Then I said you can make out. Now, to make out is to kiss somebody, usually with the tongue, to French kiss, besar con lengua, right? And to make out, I think you would say maybe enrollarse in Spanish. I said you can make out because, well, it's very common. People used to go there to make out. They couldn't stay at home. They are parents, so they would go see a movie and make out. And obviously, there are many movies. We'll talk about that later where you can see scenes at a drive-in and you can see scenes of people making out. In fact, in Greece, a very popular movie. But we'll look at some other examples a little bit later. Then I said you can make up. Now, this is a word with a lot of meanings. But here I meant hacer las paces, to make up. Or you can just make a night of it. And to make a night of something is, well, just do it and have a good time that night. To make a night of something, to make a day of it, right? To plan it, I guess, would be another way to say that. And then I said, grab your car keys. Grab is a word we use a lot in English. To grab something, coge, grab. We wouldn't say take in this case. We would say grab your car keys and some popcorn because we're heading to the drive-in movie. And to head to a place is to go to a place. We're heading to my house. We're heading to the drive-in. And there's another thing. In fact, in English, you don't have to say the drive-in movie. You can just say drive-in and that's fine. Are you guys excited? I mean, for me, there's a, a sense of nostalgia as well. But uh, man, there's a certain classic thing about a drive-in. Now, if you've never attended a drive-in, attendus asistir. Remember, we don't say to assist. Assist is to help someone. So we would say to attend something. So if you've never attended a drive-in, you gotta go. It is just, it's so worth it because it changes the movie-going experience completely. If you've been to the movies a million times, right, in the United States we say the movies. The British say the cinema. If you've been to the movies a million times, you have not been if you haven't been to the drive-in because it's a totally different experience. As we say, using an expression from baseball, it's a whole new ball game. But I know many of you guys have been there, at least in Hollywood. As I said, so many movies have had scenes in drive-ins. Think of the movie Twister. That's Imagine seeing the movie Twister at a drive-in, where a twister, a tornado, as we say, literally destroys a drive-in. That adds an element of fear, I would say. Another movie with a drive-in scene is Brokeback Mountain. The classic one, Grease, as I said before, where Danny Zuko tries to make out with Sandra D. Am I Sandra D? Oh, I might be mixing up my Grease characters here to mix up as confundir. So yeah, he doesn't get lucky. To get lucky is triunfar, like the Daft Punk song. She's up all night to get lucky. She's up all night to get some. To get lucky, to get some. And uh, I don't think uh, he gets any, so then he goes over to the playground and he sings a song. So poor Danny Zuko in Greece. Uh, also, Back to the Future Part 3. I mean, the list is 
endless, como decimos en inglés. The list is endless. So you've been there either in spirit or if you've had the pleasure of going to a drive-in movie, then maybe you'll know some of the things I'm going to talk about today. And if not, I hope this experience inspires you to go to a drive-in movie and enjoy this unique experience. Let's take a look at the history. When did drive-ins start? Well, we'd have to rewind back to 1933. A guy named Richard Hollingshead Jr. opened the first drive-in in Camden, New Jersey. I knew that, in fact. Before I prepared today's show, I remember knowing that fact. So the first drive-in was in Camden, New Jersey. It was in Richard Hollingshead's backyard, in su patio, behind his house, in his backyard. In fact, the screen, la pantalla, was a white sheet, una sabana blanca, that he tied between two trees. And then he put a radio behind the screen, and that gave the sound. And, well, a movie projector on the hood of his car. The hood is el capo. The British say the bonnet. The Americans say the hood of the car. And voila, there you go. The, the drive-in was born. This guy had an idea to show movies in his backyard. He set it up and people came. This was 1933, a long time ago. And, well, the thing is that the drive-in, not, not only was it in a unique, interesting invention in, in and of itself, but it also spawned to spawn is to give birth to, it spawned other inventions as well related to the car. We're going to look at those inventions shortly, en un poquito, shortly. But there was the second drive-in that was also very important. Now, why was this one important? Because this one is still open today. As of the day we're recording this, it's open. That is amazing news. And that one opened its doors Ready? Abrió sus puertas. We say the same thing. It opened its doors on April 15th, 1934, just a year after Richard Hollingshead Jr. set it up in his backyard. Now, this one was in Orfield, Pennsylvania. So, in the northeast of the United States, that was kind of the birthplace of the drive-in movie. El lugar de nacimiento, the birthplace of the drive-in movie. So, There's a, a, an amazing fact. The second American drive-in is still in operation today, and it is the oldest drive-in movie in the world. Now, 1934 was a, a good year, too, because they started popping up around the United States. In 1934, can you imagine that? Movies themselves were relatively new. So before the end of the decade, that would be 1940, There were 18 drive-ins across the United States. Not bad for a seven-year period. 18 drive-ins. And as I said, movies were just catching on as well. They were just starting to get popular. So then we fast forward from 1940, the end of the decade, to 1941. And this was a very big development as well. And this was that RCA, the famous uh, audio company, RCA developed the in-car speaker. Now, this was an important thing, too, because remember, if you're watching a movie and you can't hear the audio, well, it's, you know, think of Jaws or, you know, some kind of blockbuster, summer blockbuster, and think of it with really bad sound. See? So this was a really important invention, the in-car speaker. And this was where you would drive up, you would park, 
and you had a little speaker and you could bring it into your car. It was connected to a cable and you could bring it in your car and you could adjust the volume. This was 1941. So there's the first invention that came from that first one. Then 1950. Sure, it was cold if you wanted to see a movie in the winter. So guess what? They decided to invent the heater, the in-car heater. And this allowed drive-ins to stay open all year round. Como se dice, todo el año, all year round. Or as we say, 24-7, 365. That means they never closed. So that's pretty cool. Before that, they were limited to the summer, maybe the spring, maybe early autumn or fall. But that was it. The winter, they had to close down, especially in places in the Northeast where they originally began. So these in-car heaters were a huge step for the drive-in industry because now people could enjoy drive-in movies all year round. Then in 1958, around 1958, drive-in theaters reached their peak. There were over 4,000 drive-ins in the United States. Now, if you remember before I said at the end of the 1930s, 1940, there were 18. So from 1940 to 1958, that's 18 years, almost 4,000 drive-ins popped up all over the United States. You could say this was the heyday, apogeo, the heyday. It was a boom, you know? People were going to the drive-in. They were flocking to the drive-in, to flock us, eat in masa, families, uh, you know, uh, dates, people who were going on a date, like in Greece. I mean, everybody, there was something for everybody. In fact, it was cool because they had playgrounds for the kids, so you could get there early and the kids could play until the sun comes down and then you can start the movie. So, I mean, people would go there hours early and uh, the kids would run around and play. It became just a part of uh, American culture. When my mom was growing up, it was all about the drive-ins, you know, the 50s, especially in the 50s. And as I said before, it's a totally different experience. If you have not been, I remember one time at a drive-in by my parents' house. My, this is a drive-in in New York State. And uh, if you guys want to know, write to me and I'll, I'll give you the name of the drive-in. It's still open. And I'm going to tell you about the drive-in in the second part of the show. In fact, the second part of the show is a, a bonus part of the show where I give you guys a little class and additional content. All you have to do is subscribe to my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Check it out. I've got all different kinds of options from bonus audio content to PDFs to weekly classes and reviews with me based on these podcasts. So if you want more information about how you can get bonus audio to this program and many more, go to my Patreon. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And if you have any questions, of course, reach out. You know, reach out, contact me, and let me know. I'll share some more personal experiences with you in that bonus part. But I'll share this one here. I remember one time I went to go see M. Night Shalaman. No sé ni, ni pronunciar. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy. But the guy who did signs, you know, I see dead people. The Sixth Sense, you know, this director. So I went to go see Signs at the drive-in. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that movie takes place in like a field in the middle of nowhere. And the drive-in that I was at kind of resembled that. 
to resemble is to look like. And it added a whole nother element of fear to that uh, experience. So if you're watching a movie, a horror movie, and you're on your couch, remember, coach, entrenador, couch, sofa, you're on your couch, okay, you feel a bit protected, you're in your house. But when you're out there in an open field, and the movie takes place in an open field with aliens and things, well, it adds another element. Not just the, the whole experience of being outside. So I highly recommend you go see horror movies. Remember, we don't say terror movies. People would understand you, but we, the, the genre is horror movies, horror movies. So I recommend if you're going to go, go see a horror movie or a thriller because you'll be on the edge of your seat. It just adds, being outdoors, afuera, adds another element. And you're probably thinking, Alberto, outdoors, but I thought you're in your car. Well, kind of, that's up to you. You can be outdoors, al aire libre, or you can be in your car. It just depends. I remember many times we would go to the drive-in and we would put down a blanket, a picnic blanket, and we would sit outside the car. I guess it really depends on the weather. Depends on the temperature. If it's really hot out, then you're going to want to be in the car with the windows up and the AC on. AC, air conditioning. In the United States, we say AC. The British say aircon. But I remember many nights under the stars sitting on a picnic blanket. And what an experience. You're having a sandwich. You're having a beer. And you're looking at the stars. And you're watching a movie. And I highly recommend the experience to anybody. Even if you don't like movies, it's a totally different experience from going to a traditional movie. You know, back in the day, I remember the drive-in wasn't about going to see Shakespeare or, you know, a streetcar named Desire or anything like that. The drive-in was about, you know, rock'em, sock'em, action, thrillers, horror, you know, cult movies, Godzilla. You know, when I think of the drive-in, I think of Godzilla. I think of Night of the Living Dead, these kind of exploitation movies that are now kind of cult classics. The Blob, another one. Or maybe even some like cheesy movies. Cheesy is cursi. Rom-coms. Have you ever heard this word? Rom-com. Rom-com is romantic comedy. Romantic comedy. So, you know what? Another thing I forgot to tell you, because we talked about that speaker that you could put in your car, but then there was another breakthrough. Avance. There was another breakthrough. And that breakthrough was being able to put it on your car radio. So if you could just tune into a certain radio station, then you could hear the movie. So if you have a good uh, sound system in your ride, in los Estados Unidos decimos uh, coche is your ride. It's more of a slang way to say it. So if you've got like a Dolby digital surround sound system in your car, well, guess what? You're really going to enjoy the experience. So that was another thing that changed it too. The, the moment they didn't need to use those speakers that would sometimes break. And they were able to just tell you, okay, if you're going to screen one, pantalla uno, tune in to 47.8. If you're going to screen two to see this movie, and it's great because then you can regulate your volume. Uh, again, you can probably see it in better quality than at a movie theater if you've got a good sound system in your car. And is audio important? Well, I think we were talking about it before. How important is audio? Imagine Jaws or Star Wars without the music or not being able to hear 
the dialogue. You know, these, these audio breakthroughs were very important in the drive-in world as well. It's a place that is, uh, you know, for the whole family and they're getting really popular again. And I have to say, as somebody who is nostalgic, I'm so happy to see them making a comeback, right? To make a comeback es remontar, volver. They're really places where you can take a date Alguien con quien está saliendo, or you can go with the whole family. But it wasn't always like that. In fact, we're going to talk about in the second part, the bonus part of today's show, we're going to talk about the decline, the downfall. Why did drive-ins start to disappear in the 1970s? What went wrong? We're going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at their comeback or resurgence, and I'm going to share some fond and funny drive-in memories from when I was a kid with you when we come back in the second part. So guys, if you want to join us for that part, it's real simple. Go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso, and for less than 10 cents a day, you can get the bonus audio and much, much more. Join our online community. It's growing every single day. And speaking of, I'd like to send a shout out to my super duper students, Boris, Lolis, and Alex, and my interstellar students, Diana, Pilar, Carmen, and Aina. Thank you so much to you guys and all the rest of my patrons for supporting me. Thank you for joining us in this FYI. 